<laughs> Hello and welcome to the Overdue Podcast, the Halloween edition. I'm Kelly, and with me today are my fellow ghosts, goblins, and ghouls, Dana. Hello. Erica. Hello. And we have some new folks joining us on the podcast this semester, Danver. Hello. And Jordan. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And they both work in the Student Achievement Center here at Madison College, so welcome. And joining us today by Skype are our South Librarians, Brandon. Hello. And our Downtown Librarian, Mark. Hello. Hello. Today on the podcast, we have a pre-recorded segment with Brandon about his travels in Mexico and experiencing the Day of the Dead. Then we're going to discuss with Danver the differences in Eastern versus Western horror films. Uh, next, we're going to talk about streaming film, our streaming film database, Canopy, and we'll go around and recommend our favorite horror or scary movies available on Canopy. Next up, we'll have trivial observations with Mark, and then we'll have our Anything Goes recommendations, of course, again sticking with the theme Halloween. First up, here's our pre-recorded conversation with Brandon. All right, um, this is Kelly, and I am with our South Librarian, Brandon, who is a, um, a world traveler, and most of the time, though, he goes to Mexico again and again. How many times have you been to Mexico, Brandon? A lot of times. A lot of times. You don't even times. know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you're going to share with us your experiences of uh, the Day of the Dead. So back in... And first of all, I just want to clarify, Brandon is not an American that just goes to Mexico and sits on the beach, like a lot of Americans do, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you have a deep affection for Mexico and the culture and the history and the language. And the food. You talk about the food a lot. I'm really into the food. <laughs> we actually have an ongoing debate about the our favorite and best cuisine in the world. And Brandon uh, thinks Mexico and uh, I think Italy. But uh, I, I think it's obvious. <laughs> okay. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. So we digress. Um, so please tell us about your experiences with Day of the Dead. So back in 2009, 2010, I was teaching in the state of Michoacan in um, central west Mexico. And I was teaching for a year at that time. And over the course of the year in the, f- the fall, uh, Day of the Dead is the 2nd, 3rd of uh, November. November. And I was uh, approached by some people I'd met in the town I was teaching in. Uh, now, how big a town is this? Los Reyes is um, a very small town. As a matter of fact, there was no fast food whatsoever, like American brands. Nice. No, nothing. Nothing like that. <laughs> very nice. There was no cinema. Um, the closest cinema was about an hour to the northwest in a place called Zamora. Um, so it's a small village. It's a small place. I was one of two expats that I knew of that were there for that amount of time. Um, yeah, it was it was very um, immersive, you might say. <laughs> right. um, so I was there during the time of the Day of the Dead, and I was approached by a couple people that I knew about taking this bus to Pascuaro and the area uh, where, where the Day of the Dead is. Um, there's a, a big lake. 
and it's from where I lived in Michoacan. It's in the same state, but it's it's quite a distance away, perhaps four hours by okay. bus. And it was affordable, and it was, you know, an authentic experience, whatever that means. And um, I remember that the trip came with um, the, the, the bus ride out to um, Pascoro and Hanixio is the island that, that's really famous in, in the lake. And um, it came with the passage and uh, a drink. And the drink was this, <laughs> this drink. It was called um, Agua Loco. And it had... Um, so crazy water? Crazy water. Crazy water, okay. It was coconut milk and um, rum and uh, <laughs> peanuts. 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 Whole peanuts? Crushed yes. peanuts? Yes, no, they were okay. like peanuts. Just, they were like okay. floating, but you got some in your drink. So, the, yeah, the idea was to eat the peanuts and drink the drink? Together. They okay. were like together. Sure. And this like <laughs> garrafon, which is like a big, um, like a multi-liter thing. Like, you know, when you get water brought to your house, it's oh, one sure. of those things. Look, five gallons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it was filled with that. So we went out. Uh, it was, I, th- I think it was... We traveled at, like, mid-afternoon to night because all the big happenings happen at night. Okay. And so you get there, and one of the things that was kind of different was it was a lot cooler for some reason than where I was living. Okay. So I had it. I actually brought a jacket with me because I was told it would be cooler, but it was actually like you could see your breath cool. Oh, okay. And um, so I put my coat on because it was cold, or relatively cold. And it was just, you could smell the incense right upon getting out of the bus. You could see, um, you know, the island of Henixio was in the background. You could see all the candles and the tumbas and all that. Because they make these altars that are called tumbas and they're decorated often with marigolds and pan de muerto is the bread that's for the dead. And oftentimes you put out your your deceased relatives' favorite food and drink. And what about their their photographs? Their or, photographs yeah. as well. You know, it's just like a, a remembrance, sure. a remembrance of, of people that um, that have passed. And uh, got to walk around it in um, Pascoro. You take a lancha, a boat out to to um, Hanixio, and you walk up the. There's like kind of like a series of zigzagging roads and there's actually I remember there's a an actual pantheon is a cemetery okay on the on the island and you keep going you keep going and there's a giant statue of um, Morelos who's a, a revolutionary figure from the state of Michoacan okay and you can see over the lake and you can see all the candles and smell the incense nice it's nice cool it's very it's very much like fall here very attractive I like that time of year okay this time of year yeah yeah, but it was good. Good food. Um, so is it? It's more. It's more a celebration than it is a somber event. Although there is elements of, I would imagine. Um, I would say yes. It, it, it is much more celebratory than we think of. As the dead people often put on um, makeup and costume, like costumes. what our Halloween has become for. What are, <laughs> except for, it's more about ancestry and um, communing with your ancestry, then I don't think our Halloween has like that aspect of it. Right. Of course, it doesn't have any of that. Yeah. When I think of Halloween, I think of chocolate. 
copious <laughs> amounts of chocolate. <laughs> right. In, in the in the costumes, um, but yeah, I think it's and and there's there's a lot of kind of anti-Halloween in a way because sure. it, it's intruding. Sure. But people have become interested in celebrating Halloween as well. Okay. And so it's kind of like a, I, I've noticed it's a generational thing where younger people want to celebrate Halloween. It's a sure. It's a foreign holiday. It's kind of exciting, and it's you know got the candy aspect which right. kids love. <laughs> and then also it's it's um, you know the older generation wants you know a purer. Sure, um, traditional, traditional, yeah. you know, experience with the with the, the the Day of the Dead. All right. And there's also elements of Catholicism that go into it, sure. and also elements of, of indigenous culture. Because very close to Henixio, there's also a, a group of ruins that I got to see that were really cool called Sinsunsen. and they're this group of m- very old pyramids. Because hmm. um, in, in Michoacan, there's also groups of. Um, Native peoples who still speak their languages and they're not related to groups of people that we would associate with Mexico necessarily. Okay. Um, there's a pe- pe- group of people called the Pas- uh, the Purapecha. Okay. And there's a place not far from where I live called Angawan, which I always pronounce poorly, but <laughs> it's very close to um, a volcano that is one of the newer volcanoes in the world. It's called oh. Paracutin. Okay. And I think in the 1950s, it just started erupting out of this field. And it leveled this town called um, San Juan de Paracutin. And so, like, there's... If you go there now, there's this huge lava flow. And they moved the town to San Juan Nuevo, which is the new San Juan. The new San Juan. The whole of uh, the place was leveled. And the only thing that's in existence from the old town are the two in pieces of the church that was in the town. Oh, okay. And you can go there and visit, and the food is very good. Yes. Um, there's some very good food. <laughs> but the town that's closest to that uh, lava field is Angawan. And in Angawan, the people speak Purapecha as a native language. Mm. And it's not, not really related to... Um, you know the Mayan peoples. It's not related to the Aztec peoples. They're further out. As an aside, the name Michoacan means um, in in Newa, it means um, area of the fishermen is what I'm led to believe. Okay. Because of Pascual and and the fishermen that fished, they have these traditional nets that are really cool looking. All right. It's, it's very very uh, scenic. And if like anyone is. If anyone's seen the movie Coco, uh, I believe a lot of Coco is set in, in Michoacan, even though it's not oh, stated. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. It, did you, you saw it? I'm, I've seen it a few times. My yeah. nephews very much enjoy it. It is. It's it's very, it's a delightful film. I, I was enjoying it, and I, I all of a sudden, maybe, you know, 30 minutes in, it got very emotional. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is a serious, serious little movie. Yeah. But, yeah. And now I'd heard that um, Day of the Dead it really isn't celebrated in, say, Mexico City, um, in the in the larger cities. I think it's becoming a thing like the uh, Cinco de Mayo. That's like it's I think bouncing back okay. from our cultures here. Um, but no, it's not. It, it's it's kind of localized, and, and Michoacan is like one of the the major places where it's celebrated. All right. But yeah, also they have these really good skull 
candies that you get to eat. I like those. <laughs> what, and you can put your name li- on What it. do they like? Are they chocolate? or? You can get chocolate ones. You can get sugar ones. There's just like just lots of sugary skull. and Sugary skulls. It's okay. fantastic, yeah. All right. It's not, it's not good for the diabetics. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, it's been very informative. And uh, we look forward to more stories from Mexico, hopefully. Your, your travels in Mexico. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so for this segment, we would like to get to know Danver a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Danver works in the Student Achievement Center as a student support specialist, I believe is your title. Yes. Um, so, Danver, how do you feel that American horror movies are different from, say, the movies you saw growing up? That's a good question, because I watch a lot of Japanese horror movies when I grow up. <laughs> mm. And um, so I would say the, the first significant difference is... American movie involve a lot of monster, <laughs> human. Most are male. Okay. <laughs> versus when Japanese use female or infant mm. ghost version okay. to show in their horror movie, and um, I think American movie kind of have a lot of like monsters. Anything can be monsters, mm-hmm. like like shark, fish, alien, <laughs> bugs. <laughs> Predator. Very good observation. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think American movies are full of blood, violence. Yes. Sure. People get killed in a very creative way, like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> creative is a nice way to put it, sure. I think. <laughs> but Japanese movie is more like sneaky, invasive. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't lock you in their basement and saw you to pieces. Instead, they will come to your home Hide under your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's a fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. And the other fun thought I thought is um, in America, they have like a main character will always live to the end. This person always have a good person, like personality, a good person, uh, thoughtfulness, like, or or just a great person. Mm -hmm. And the, the main person dead first. And in, mm-hmm. in Japanese movie, it doesn't, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. doesn't matter who you are, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone dies in Apparently, a Japanese horror movie. Yes. Okay. Apparently, ghost doesn't care who you are, but the monster does. Yeah. So the monster doesn't kill the good person. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. And Any there, other observations? I do. And um, American, movie are, uh, American movie has a lot of uh, religion. Oh, mm. sure. Involved mm-hmm. more than like... Because uh, in the religion in USA, you create God and mm-hmm. Lucifer. They are already against each other. Mm-hmm. So the like the movie will be mainly talk about the evil religion. Will mm-hmm. believe something than God. Mm-hmm. So they will create some conflicts. Mm-hmm. That's the topic. But in Japan, it's more like superstitious. Like I believe if I say. I use the crossword on this board. There will be a ghost to help me tell my question for my future exam, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. And like all, a Ouija board. Yeah, the Ouija board. Okay. They have their version of Ouija board, and sometimes they just bring something ghosty, a female mm-hmm. ghost, and mm-hmm. kill them. Okay. <laughs> and it doesn't matter a good student or not. Yeah. And American movie people like the where it happens is more like. They lost, they travel to somewhere new. Sure. They get mm-hmm. lost in forest. 
and they probably kill in a ghost town or somewhere. But Japanese movie more happens in a school, hospital, or somewhere. Just kind of in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. day life or in your home. Like there was a scene, a guy who's taxi driver who accidentally passed through the house. There was a lady ghost in the house just sneak behind him when he drove taxi and kill him. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason, just get killed very soon. Interesting. So would you say Western or American horror films are scarier than um, Japanese horror films, or uh, it's just different? I think American movies more care about the visual scariness. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly, sure. suddenly jump up, the suddenly sound. Mm-hmm. While the Japanese movie was more care about your deeply feeling. The so more psychological. Psychological, yeah, psychological yeah. scariness. Okay. Like you might... Like if you play the video games, you might notice the Japanese video games. You walk around in the very dark area. Mm-hmm. There's no monster around. You're just too afraid to keep going forward. Right. But right. American will show you some monster. Hey, jump! A dead body fall from the roof. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Very interesting um, observations for sure. Can you give us some titles of some mm-hmm. Japanese films that you would recommend? Uh, Ju Ang, I think it's called Ju Ang. Okay. Uh, it's the most famous one. Oh, okay. Uh, I think you also have an American version of it. Oh. There are four movies for Japanese version, and I think two movies for USA version. That's a, that's an old movie. It was make everyone so scared. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, English translation? It's a. I think it's a direct translation to J U dash O N Ju Ang. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. And that might have to be one we look up for yep. sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Denver, for your insight. Um, so here at uh, MATC Libraries, uh, excuse me, the MATC Libraries have many fantastic feature films and documentaries in DVD and Blu-ray formats and a streaming films database called Films on Demand where you can see all sorts of streaming films. But about a year ago, we added a second streaming films database called Canopy. Uh, Canopy added a little something to our collection that was missing before. It has an array of documentaries, they're great courses, many world cinema titles, some of the Criterion collection, and many more films on a diverse array of topics. It is full of fascinating, entertaining, educational, and even frightening titles in a user-friendly interface. You can find the Canopy database by navigating to the Madison Area Technical College Libraries homepage. From there, you can access it in the tab for, quote, more search options, unquote, and browsing our alphabetical list of databases or by finding the link to it in our featured section on the homepage. Keeping in line with our Halloween theme, we would like to share a few of our favorite scary titles that you can find in our Canopy database. Denver, would you like to be the first? Okay, how about Erica? <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of um, what I like to call oldie uh, films in okay. Canopy. Um, one of my favorites, and I'm not so sure this is really considered scary anymore by today's <laughs> standards, um, but the 1960s black and white version of Little Shop of Horrors oh, is available through oh, Canopy. Jack Nicholson, right? Um, actually, I, no? it's not even Jack Nicholson. Oh. I'm not, um, I don't recognize any of the actors, um, but I guess it was 
you know, the the poster even says the funniest film of the year, and it's supposed to be a horror flick. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I watched most of it recently, and it is it is so cheesy. But I'm sure <laughs> in the '60s, you know, they thought it was um, a good mix of humor and um, I don't know gore or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's one scene where similar to the newer versions. <laughs> Uh, Seymour is feeding a human body into the plant <laughs> and he's like, you know, totally disgusted, but he's just slowly pushing in the feet. Like, so the whole body goes in and he pushes in the feet. Um, so like, that that's one scary title that I found on Canopy and I thought, again, more cheesy than scary, know, yeah, but worth, worth watching. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I too like um, humor with my scary movies. <laughs> And so my selection is What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. And uh, Jermaine Clement and Takai Waititi. Mm -hmm. um, Did I say it right? Takai Waititi. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Both from New Zealand. They write and direct and star in What We Do in the Shadows. And it's a funny, cheeky, uh, modern look at um, vampires Mm -hmm. living in uh, Mm -hmm. New Zealand. And it's just, I don't know, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I recommend it highly. I just want to say one or add one thing. <laughs> sure. One of my favorite parts is they get into a little scuffle with another group of people. Yes. And um, or not people, but I guess they're werewolves. They're werewolves. And they're starting to <laughs> to get kind of heated and, and start to throw shade at one another. <laughs> and one of them says maybe um, an f bomb, and they, mm-hmm. and they and they stop the entire argument and they say, "What are we?" We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> and I thought that's pretty. That's yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just, it's a great combination of um, just creepiness and um, uh, kindness and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I don't know. Humor. It's, yeah. It's and they great. might be making a show or, or a, a series or something. I heard We're Werewolves. Is Maybe. The, yeah. Okay. It's not in, I looked on IMDb because I was curious because I'd heard about it and it's not even in pre-production yet. Oh. So. Well, the last movie that they did um, was, or at least the, the director of this did Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Oh, so so okay. that, that yes. was a big name, a big blockbuster that he did. So maybe they'll come back to it at some point. I'd mm-hmm. like to see it. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. All right, Dana, how about you? All right, so definitely not my favorite, but worth mentioning for the scary title theme is the America's Serial Killers series from <laughs> Mill Creek Entertainment. This series has five videos totaling 236 minutes of America's most brutal serial killers. So part one covers Jack the Ripper, and I didn't realize he was American. That's that's crazy. Really? Um, I I thought Jack the Ripper was British. I thought so, too. Oh, they think it's American? Whatever. We'll We'll have to look into it. Yeah, we'll have to watch it. (laughs) Research. Part two covers H.H. Holmes and Jane Topin. Topin? I haven't heard of them. No. Part three, Albert Fish, the Vampire of Brooklyn. Sounds intriguing. (laughs) Number four is the Boston Strangler, Ed Gein, and the Lipstick Killer. Ed Gein, Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin zone. And then part five is the Zodiac Killer, the Son of Sam, Charles Manson, and Ted Bundy. Mm. I will never watch any of these, um, but I'm sure somebody out there will find it fascinating. (laughs) Okay, um, Mark, would you like to share your favorite canopy film? Scary sure. film? Uh, I'm not a fan of the blood and guts kind of horror film. I like the horror film that messes with your mind. 
And so I'm going to suggest a double feature of a couple films that kind of uh, are a cross between horror and science fiction, Ooh. and both deal with um, time being out of sequence and reality being out of sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was kind of a big budget, and one is an independent film. The big budget one, even though it wasn't really that big budget, was Donnie Darko oh, from yeah. 2001, starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in one of his first roles, and actually uh, his sister Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal, I believe that actually was her need to watch role. that again. Don't forget um, Patrick Swayze uh, was in that. Very, very trippy story, a lot of fun, and uh, the scariest rabbit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, and then the other one is a smaller film, which actually I, I saw a couple of years ago at the Wisconsin Film Festival called Coherence. It was made in 2014, a, a low-budget film, but the same kind of principle with uh, time warps and reality and being out of sync and everything. And it deals with a group of people having a house party and really weird things start to happen. And it's pretty cool the way it's made. Um, Again, they didn't spend a lot of money to make it, but um, and there's not super special effects, but it, it's a fun trip to go. Great, thank you. All right. Okay. So for me, um, I also had a movie from 2014, and as it's claimed to be, or it's tagged as the first Iranian vampire western. Oh wow! And it's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Wow. And mm. it's pretty stylish. It's a, it's a black and white film, and it kind of depicts the story of a lonesome vampire. Um, essentially, there are people in this ghost town, um, in an Iranian ghost town called Bad City, and, and people are unaware that they are being stalked by a vampire. There's also a little bit of a love interest, and if anyone's familiar with the movie Let the Right One In, it's kind of similar to that. But um, it really... Um, it really it was really interesting to me to see um, a, a movie that I've never heard of before, but I heard it from a bunch of friends saying that you got to give it a shot, and um, I would also recommend people trying it out. Okay, it's, good. It, yeah, it sounds, and so it, is it? Um, it's uh, an Iranian film. Is it in Farsi and it's subtitled? I, I believe or? it's. I, I think it's uh, is is Persian Farsi. A, it, a thing? I think they call their language is Farsi, but okay. they're Persian. Yeah, so I believe that is it, it was it, it was um, it was subtitled, so I didn't okay. have to have to All read right. it. And even though it's shot in California, it takes place in an Iranian ghost town, and it's it's kind of cool. It's got a okay. really cool, like great pop soundtrack from uh, maybe the '70s or '80s or something mm-hmm. like that. That kind of contrasts the like dark Western story music. Line. No, like, oh, okay. like, like, yeah, like like traditional pop music that you might have heard, and okay. it's kind of a cool contrast, I think, to the to the story. Oh, wow. Great, sounds great. What's it called again? Uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Okay. So next we have um, Trivial Observations with Mark. Okay, and uh, the theme for today's trivia is 40 Years of Halloween from Michael Myers 1978 to Michael Myers 2018. All right. So the questions, there's going to be eight of them, and we're going to start back in 1978, and we're going to come up to 2018 in chronological order. All set? We're set. We're ready. All right. In 1978, John Carpenter made the film Halloween for just over $300,000, and it went on to gross over $70 million worldwide, received critical, um, positive reviews, influenced the style of horror films to this day, 
and make the American Film Institute's list of all-time best thrillers. Almost as famous as the film was its musical score, which Rolling Stone magazine named as the best horror film score of all time. Your first question is, who wrote and performed this score? Wow. I have no idea. I, yeah, I'm drawing a complete blank. How about you, Jordan? I can hear it, but I don't know. Are we? Are we? Are we guessing? Are we? We writing shout it out. out. We can guess. <laughs> I would guess like maybe John Williams, but that's you know I'm sure that's not right. But he's a famous you know. Yeah, famous, time period. Yeah, would say. it's a good guess. Yeah, Possibly. it's a good guess. Um, uh, okay, the answer was John Carpenter. Oh, oh really? He also created and performed uh, the music for the film. He pretty oh, much did that's pretty um, cool. everything on the film. Impressive! So. Wow. All right, speaking of Rolling Stone magazine lists, this scary 1983 music video was named by their readers as the best all-time uh, music video. Um, I'll, I'll guess Thriller. <laughs> I think we've, that we were all in agreement there. Yep. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Some of us knew the dance even. <laughs> right, exactly. Are we right? You are correct. Yeah. Okay, great. First broadcast on October 25th, 1990, this special scary episode of a popular television show has been recreated each of the last 28 years. And I think we all know that, too. I don't. The Simpsons? The Simpsons, oh. yeah. Treehouse of Horrors. Treehouse of Horrors, yeah. the episode? Treehouse of Horrors. Very good. Yep. Yay. Mm-hmm. All right, two for three. From 1992 to 1997, 62 books were published under what umbrella title of children's horror novels? Ooh, I think I know this. Um, Goosebumps? Goosebumps. You are correct. Yes. Yep. Yay! Yep. Well done. <laughs> All right, very good. You guys are three for four so far. All right, moving into the 2000s. According to Charles Arthur in his book Digital Wars, what scary television show in 2002 first used the word Google as a verb um, on television? Oh, wow. Gosh. I, I'm going to guess. I have a guess. It's sure. scary show. A scary show. I'm going to say Buffy. <gasps> you are correct. Oh, wow. yeah. There you go. I can't believe and I Kelly, didn't think you know of it. which character said it? Um, I'll take a guess and say maybe... Yeah, Willow? Yes. Yes. It was Willow explaining the internet to Buffy. I have never <laughs> seen an episode of Buffy. Oh. oh shame. But I'm, but I'm a Joss Whedon fan, sorry. so I should. <laughs> yeah. Especially the first, like, four seasons are absolutely wonderful. Are they good? Okay. Yes. All good. All right. And I think one of my favorite episodes is the, the musical. Mm-hmm. That was I agree. so, so good. Okay. I think so. I've only seen the first two seasons, but yeah. it was it was good. Yeah, it's fun for its time. I think yeah. it was pretty uh, ahead of its time, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, all right. And it had one of the best depictions of a librarian. Ever. True. Oh yeah. Yes. In television or movies, I, at least from my opinion. So. Yes, uh, a very likable librarian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, one of the most popular Halloween costumes in 2015 got its bite from an event that happened during the halftime of the 2015 Super Bowl. Uh, 
<laughs> is that Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction? No, that was too, it was was too no, late. Was it a, oh, that's later? Was it a shark costume? You that, are correct. Oh, now, what? Now I don't know. Which, which shark? The right or the left? <laughs> uh, which face? Am I facing the stage or am I facing the, the audience? Was, from face, the way that uh, Katy Perry was a halftime show. That was to her um, left. To her left, correct. The left shark just really went for it. Darn. <laughs> the left shark. It's, it's a ridiculous dance. Title. Okay, well, I'll have That's to watch. I'll have to look I know, up. I've got to look up oh that on gosh. YouTube. I have gonna... no idea what you're talking yeah. about. I'm going to have to <laughs> link to a lot of things in the notes, and that's going to have to be one of them. <laughs> Okay. You definitely have to YouTube it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. So. Yes, I seconded. Oh, boy. All right, two more That's questions so coming pretty close to the present here. On October 12, 2018, well, that's actually past the present, now we're into the future. Right. Okay. <laughs> a series on Netflix adapted from the novel of the same name that Paste Magazine called the best horror novel of all time. You want me to repeat that one? Yeah, please yeah. repeat the question, please. Okay, this Friday, October 12, 2018, if you have Netflix, you can start watching a series adapted from the novel of the same name that Paste Magazine called the best horror novel of all time. Gosh. Yeah, I don't Stumped. We're stumped. Do you know Erica? Uh you know, I feel like I've just read something about it, and um, it's not coming to me. Yeah, we, we don't know. Is it a series well, or a you movie? Clue, the author yeah. is Shirley Jackson. Oh, oh is it Frankenstein? Oh, no, no, that's Mary Shelley. It's something like Haunted, ha- haunted ha- no, right. The House on Haunted Hill, or... The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Oh, no, <laughs> That's not what I was that. thinking of, never mind. Okay. okay. All right. I have not read that book. And the final question, um, the release date for the upcoming Halloween movie, uh, which is supposed to be a direct sequel to the 1978 film, um, is going to be released on the date that happens to be the birthday for the fictional Michael Myers. What is that date? (laughs) Wow. What month and day was he born on? Jeepers. Uh, Can we guess? Sure. Uh, October the 31st. Uh, that would be a great guess, but it's not actually October 31st. Okay. Um, wow. I feel like I should know, but I don't. We do not know. We are stumped yet again. Okay. October 19th. Friday, October 19th. Oh, okay. Okay. That was <laughs> close. All right. That's it for that trip. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. That, that was fun. That was. Good job. All right. <laughs> So next up, we have our Anything Goes recommendation, and uh, I'll go first. Um, I don't really like horror, like I've said before, um, or anything too scary, but I do enjoy a good tale of the paranormal, especially a good UFO or cryptid story, and usually those aren't really that scary. They're just kind of fun and intriguing, except um, (laughs) I recently listened to the audio book of... um, the Hunt for the Skinwalker, and it's about a ranching family who moves into a rural uh, Utah ranch, and they start experiencing super strange stuff. And um, the book um, 
it's interesting, and then it goes into the history of this area in Utah, and even hundreds of years ago, the Navajo thought that was a really weird place, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, and uh, then when the white settlers started coming in, um, they kind of felt the same, and so it's always been very rural. And um, anyway, um, so after about a year of moving into this ranch, the family just had had enough and they move out and they sell the ranch. And this is where it gets interesting to a man named Robert Bigelow. Ooh. And um, if this name doesn't mean anything to you, I'll just tell you a little bit about him. He's a NASA contractor. He builds the modules that people live in in space. Mm. And he's, he's obviously he's a millionaire and a multimillionaire. And uh, there's an interview uh, about two years ago on 60 Minutes that he did about his uh, belief in UFOs and the paranormal. And he's a good friend of the former Senator Harry Reid, who also has a keen interest in UFOs. <laughs> so there is this government connection um, to this story. And um, Robert Bigelow hires um, a bunch of scientists to come and live on the ranch and do research. And then they experience even stranger things than, than the family does. And um, so, the, of course, there's no answers, but it's just this tale of just all these strange things that they experience. And um, it's a really fun, and it is kind of scary. Um, but uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. And maybe it was a little scary because I was listening to it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it. But I recommend it. It's called Hunt for the Skinwalker. Hunt for the Interesting. Skinwalker. The yeah. title alone is pretty scary. I know. And what a skinwalker is, it's something in um, Native American culture. It's mm. a, just like a, a, a evil entity that mm. they think maybe used to be human that did something, you know, terrible in mm. there. Yeah. But um, it, it was good. That's so why I recommend it highly. Wow. All right. Very interesting. Erica? Um, sure. So my recommendation, because again, like Kelly, I'm not really big into gory, gory horror films. Um, and apparently my trend is cheesy, uh, scary films. Um, and so growing up, we, one of my family friends, um, her dad would show Silver Bullet at home, oh, which sure. is a, the 1985 film. It's a Stephen King film. Um, with uh, Corey Haim as yep. a very, very young um, actor, and Gary Busey, and they basically are in a small town, and the, there's a series of mysterious murders, and um, because of a, an encounter, the Corey Haim's character believes it's a werewolf, and so the the story is all about him trying to prove this and hunting a werewolf in very cheesy 1985 um, <laughs> style. So um, so for me, I love it. Uh, we watch it every Halloween. Um, it's a tradition that he still, uh, my friend's dad, has, even though his kids are long gone, he still he watches, still watches it every Halloween. <laughs> um, and this year, I'm actually going to get together with some of my high school friends, and it's right before Halloween, so we're all going to watch it okay, together fun. Um, in memory. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems like fun. the 80s were full of more, like, silly, fun horror films, yeah. whereas now they don't really seem very fun to me. They yeah. They kind of serious. And... Now they're, they're, yeah, they're much more, like we said, yeah. in my mind, gory, like Dan Burr said, lots of blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm not into that, so. Yeah. 
Jordan, so how about you? Okay, so actually, um, once we started talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I, I switched my recommendation um, oh. from something that's on Canopy. Let me just mention it. We need to talk about Kevin. That's, oh. a, that's a pretty dark movie, um, and I was left, uh, I, I was pretty unsettled when I left the theater seeing it. It mm. had a pretty big impact on me. But on a lighter note, um, since we're talking about Buffy, I am a Joss Whedon fan, so I love Firefly and Serenity mm-hmm, in them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone else is familiar, but um, during like the writer's strike in Hollywood, um, he, Joss Whedon and, and um, Neil Patrick Harris, I believe, and Nathan Fillion and someone else, I can't remember her name, but they did this three-part show called Dr. Horrible Sing Along yes, Blog. I okay. love it, yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen it, <laughs> I'm not really even like... Um, What's it called? That's uh, a sing-along, right? Uh, uh, you like musical. musicals. Yeah. I'm not a big musical, but it is funny and witty, and it still holds up. And I think it's online on yeah, YouTube somewhere you can, you for free. Yep. I purchased the DVD a long time ago, and then <laughs> somehow it, it got torn away from me um, at some point when I was moving. Sure. But that's a great one. And then the last one I wanted to say is, keeping with the Halloween theme, is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that, sure. That's another one that I think it has. It is kind of like it has some humor elements to it as right. well. A lot of blood and gore, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's and it's also got it has <laughs> a young um, Chris Hemsworth, I think, who's right. also mm-hmm. a Thor. So that's bringing it back around yeah. to that. So those are the ones that I kind of um, uh, that I just introduced as well. Since uh, we're talking about Buffy, so all right, Mark, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, with the theme of Halloween, and again, um, I'm not uh, such a big fan of the blood and gore. I, I like more of the, uh, the mental kind of thriller. A book that I'm currently reading is The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. It was just published this year. Um, I'm really enjoying it a lot. It's kind of like a cross between Gone Girl and Rear Window. And movie rights have already been picked up for it, and apparently um, Amy Adams is set to do um, the lead role. Um, we have an audiobook copy of it in a Madison College collection. If you're interested, um, it's it's I, I'm not quite finished with it yet, but I'm I'm very eager to finish. It's been a very fun read. All right, thank you. And uh, Dana, how about you? Okay, so um, I kind of have the same kind of. Uh love of horror as uh, Erica mentioned that the <laughs> corny is more my flavor and um, a really enjoyable corny scary movie that I've liked is Hot Fuzz <laughs> <laughs> yep. you can't even say that without laughing um, yeah so um, The Hound is in it which is definitely <laughs> the best yeah. part but uh, that, that's, that's but definitely Roy McCain I think yeah. Okay. yeah yeah that's very enjoyable. (laughs) Great. Okay. All right. Well, that looks like it's it for us today. Um, Thank you, everyone, Uh, especially Brandon. I think we lost him on Skype some time ago, but thank you for being here. And Jordan and Danver, um, we um, hope you become regulars, and we hope we didn't scare you off. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? So next time on the podcast, we're going to talk about podcasts. Um, That's right. We'll be talking, uh, we'll have a podcast about podcasts. And the Overdue Podcast is a production of Madison College Libraries and the Student Achievement Centers. Thank you for joining us and see you next time. (laughs) 